Hello everyone, today we are talking to the extraordinary Alex, aka Player. He was born in the Ukraine in Kharkiv, where he also did his whole education. Alex is into various art forms, just like dancing, DJing, and generally, music is his forte. He is active in various communities like RSK, Generation X, Legacy, Roar, and Hungry Twins. He is also engaged to his girlfriend of seven years, and Alex would describe himself as a producer, dancer, and DJ. He's also one of my absolute favorite crump musicians and producers. And I'm so, so excited that you're here. Alex, welcome to the EO podcast. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> It's so nice to have you here. I'm so excited to speak to you. Me too. Let's go. All right. Let's go. Exactly. Um, I have so many questions, but we are trying to, you know, keep it a little low. So um, my first question was actually about you growing up and your childhood, because I think very often when you're an artist later on or you like pursue it as a profession, it actually all started when you were younger. So do you feel like in your childhood already you were very exposed to music or to the arts or how was that for you? I think this is a very interesting topic for me because last maybe five years I had to understand that uh, music is my job already because before I felt like music is something like hobby maybe. And during these few years I had to really understand that, okay, now it's my job. I'm a musician now. And I thought that, wow, it's so unusual that I became a musician because nobody knew that I will be a musician, for example, my parents. And then I found my old uh, photos from childhood and so on. And I understood that it's not so unusual that I became a musician. I just maybe forgot something or maybe didn't care enough about small details because um, as much as I remember myself, I was always listening to music even when I was maybe four or five, something like that. Um, I had, no, not five. It was maybe six or seven, uh, and uh, the very famous uh, track, Freestyler, Bon Funk MCs, it came out in 1999, right? And I already remember that I had big headphones and small uh, player, and I was already listening to it. I don't know where they found this song, <laughs> Or maybe, or maybe they made a special cassette with this song just for me. And I always uh, was listening to fairy tales on vinyl and so on. So, like, I was always with music, but I maybe when I was growing up, I forgot about it because music, like, everybody listened to music. But I was listening to music from the very early years. Uh, and actually the same happened with uh, dancing because from five years old, I was already in a group dancing. I was uh, learning like classics, like I was doing the splits and so on. So um, I think music and dancing was always near me and It's not so unusual for, for people who know me from those ages. I think it's not very unusual, unusual that I became who I am right now. I just made bigger steps with DJing. The same with DJing. I remember when um, somebody from relatives, they gifted me a speaker and with this, um, with a speaker, I remember that you could record something and I was recording other cassettes to 
other cassettes and so on. So it was like my recording studio. I didn't understand anything, but it was very fun for me. And then before Crump Music and before even DJing, I remember that I was in a um, uh, children camp and there was DJ there uh, that was playing like parties evening parties for children and I uh, made friends with him and I was already DJing something. I still didn't understand anything, but it was very fun. So I was like, yeah, I'm DJ and so on. <laughs> but I think maybe it sounded bad, <laughs> but it was fun for me. I didn't care. So yeah, basically all I do right now uh, dance and music DJing was already near me. And uh, when I was like 23, 24, I was forgetting about it. And I thought like, wow, it's so unusual that I became musician and so on. And then I found old photos and remembered everything. And it, it wasn't so unusual from that moment. So that's so nice. Actually, do, do you um, remember one, like, do you have siblings or are you an only child? Um, I have brother from, um, uh, it's father's son, but from another woman. Ah, yeah, patchwork family. Nice. Okay. And are your, um, uh, like, your sibling is also into music or are you, are you the only one who actually pursued music? I'm the only one. Yeah? <laughs> my, my parents... My parents are like, how to say it? They are perfect teachers. My uh, father teaches. Um, I think this this hobby only exists in uh, post-Soviet countries, maybe. Like it's called a rocket modeling club. Like they build a little rockets, and they um, have championships with it because they have flights these rockets can fly uh, and my mother is I completely don't understand how to translate it uh, <laughs> bugalter <laughs> I don't know <laughs> like she she is a person in a company that um, that control all money come in come out salaries like everything like that like all the paperwork so my parents are perfect teachers they finished um institutes and so on with the red diplomas but i'm another one that is so nice so even though you did something else in the future. What what they did, they laid down the foundation of you becoming dedicated and, and finding your passion and pursuing it the right way because they gave you the yeah. tools. That's amazing. Yeah, maybe. And I'm basically, I'm teacher now too because I uh, teach um, private lessons with music, with dancing. I teach my fam. I teach students in uh, dancing school. So I'm kind of teacher too. I also want to definitely later ask you more questions about your journey as a teacher. But first, we can actually, what is really interesting for me, do you remember the first time that you actually were exposed or got to know or introduced to Crump as a, as a dance form, as an art form? When was that moment or with whom did you experience this? Yeah, I remember it because I was answering this question a lot. Um, I found out Crump in 2008, I think. Um, it was the release of the Stomp the Yard movie with uh, Chris Brown, Neo, somebody. And in the beginning, uh, they, they have a battle scene where uh, like good guys battle bad guys. And from the bad guy's side, uh, there was tie dice, but I didn't know it yet. I just, I just saw Crump, and I didn't realize it was the creator of Crump. There was Miss Prissy there too, so I saw 
I saw this battle scene. I saw the dance style. They were they had chrome battle in it, and um, I heard the music. It was J Squad, and I thought like, wow, so crazy music. I need to find it and so on. So basically. I found Crump because of music, because first I heard those tracks and I found them. And after it, I realized that it's a dance style. And uh, at that moment, I was already searching for some street dance school or something like that, because I saw uh, Step Up movies, the first one. And I, and I uh, thought like, yes, that's that that looks like something I want to be in, uh, but I couldn't find anything like that. But schools like that already existed in my city. I just didn't know any friends from that uh, schools. And um, it was years when uh, I didn't have internet yet at home. So, of course, I couldn't find these schools. But I think in the very first week when uh, internet was connected to my house, I found everything. I found the dancing schools. I found this movie. I found uh, soundtrack from Stomp the Yard. And I found J-Squad track from this battle scene. And so on. It was cool. And from that moment, I think I already started uh, trying to dance crump because there was no uh, tutorials like crump um, 1.0 uh, we didn't have it for many many years because it wasn't released in internet I think it existed on DVD mm -hmm. but uh, you couldn't find it on YouTube or anywhere else because it was new I think they were just selling it at that moment. So I just was finding old school videos with scrumpers in a big white t-shirts, <laughs> like super uh, 6XL t-shirts <laughs> and Timberlands. And they were... Yeah, Timberlands. I remember that yeah. time, everybody in Timberlands, yeah. Timberlands, by the way, is I think it's the best yeah. shoe for Crump because when you make just one stomp, I you agree. understand everything. Absolutely, you're so right. I, I thought the same thing. Timberlands are the perfect Crump shoes, actually. Yeah, that's true. Like, you actually also started with, um, you know, Crump itself, like with the dance form, right? So how did... I was dancing already before. Uh, you were already dancing before and like when you then started doing the music and you got more and more into, you know, did you also, do you also use your own songs to see the feel? Like that you try out crumping after you produce a song yourself to see if you can crump to that song or do you never crump to your own songs? <laughs> um, now, of, of course I do, but um, I think first years of my albums, I didn't really like my music, but I noticed that other people enjoyed. So I was making music more for them than for me. But right now, uh, any of my new beats that I do just, just as usually, just new track. I dance with it a lot. Like I do it for myself first. But first few years, I didn't like it because uh, it didn't sound how I expect crump tracks that I want to dance to to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one question. How did you come up with the name Player? It's a, it's a cool story, too. Uh, in 2013, I, um, I went... Okay, let's start from another thing. I live in Ukraine, right? And in 2013, we had um, Bidesh tour in Russia and Ukraine, and he was in my city. And there was event in my city, Bidesh judged it, and I won Ugly Fade there, and I came to the finals. And it was like the big, big moment because I was like 
nobody and uh, nobody won ugly fate with Bidesh Jajan. I was like, <laughs> yeah. And at the same event, Bidesh had workshop and I came to the workshop to see other people. I didn't take workshop. Sorry, Bidesh. <laughs> I'm very poor crumper. I was very poor crumper, crumper at that moment. And um, I was showing new tracks to somebody and Bidesh was walking around and he heard something and said, like, uh, give me a listen. And he listened to it and it was my first album, first official album for Bandcamp, I mean. And he said, like, wow, you need to release it and so on. So it was like a big moment with music and dancing for me. And then it was the end of May and... Uh, the same time, like right now, but in 2013, I went to Moscow for one month uh, just to change environment. Um, and uh, I had big homie at that moment, but uh, something happened and he couldn't meet me after uh, transport. Uh, so I had to... Um, text some other crumpers that I knew that like, hey, can I live uh, in your house and so on. So I started communicating more with Slam because we didn't uh, we didn't uh, talk before because we had two different sides. It was like beefy, beefy communities, like two sides of crumpers in uh, Russia, Ukraine. Actually, nobody cared if you live in Ukraine or Russia because we felt like we are the same community. <clears throat> so uh, I started communicating with Slam. And uh, at one moment, I felt that uh, I want to drop all my names. I want to start something new. So I dropped my... Bitmaker name, I dropped my uh, little homie name and so on. And first uh, week I had like no names. And uh, with this week I started communicating with Slam much more and uh, he invited me to Head Player FM and I was young Head Player. And at that moment I didn't have Bitmaker name yet. And it was the moment when I released my new album. So I just released my first official new album and I already don't have Bitmaker name. So I thought like, I need, I need Bitmaker name. And Slam said like, maybe head player, head player, player. And that's the way we found this name. That's amazing. And you know, you have one trademark in your songs where you say now it is time to play like in all of your songs how did you come up with that is it just because did it was it a big process to do this or did it just come to you like i'm gonna use this in my songs i i didn't make it uh, i just found it in um in it's like dj sample when you dj and you have some sample cuts Uh, it means that you have some voice sample and you can scratch it because this sample fits perfect for for scratching. And in when I was searching folders with samples like that for DJing, I found this uh, voice. Um, so I was downloading these DJ samples and I found this sample. Now it's time to play. And I thought that, wow, it's uh, it's a perfect intro for my music because it says, it says play. Uh, but uh, I still don't know where this sample is from, maybe movie or some other track. I just don't know. So it was... It doesn't yeah, matter. It was pretty random, but I think it fits perfectly. Yeah, it's great. Every time I hear it, I'm like, yes, I'm so happy. <laughs> and like all, also so many events here um, with Crump, also here in Bangalore, Crump Kingdom and stuff, when we have events and we hear uh, your music all the time, I hear it in my house, I hear it at parties, I play it in my car, you know, so it's like so nice to talk to you. One more time to say that. Um, yeah, and I also actually do music myself and um 
I feel like it's a very interesting way to make music as a like the process of making music. I mean, I do more vocals and you do a lot of musician music work with instruments. So when you make music, how do you feel like is that interconnected with your life? Like, do you make music because you have like out of a sudden like this idea and you just sit down and do it? Or is it because you're going through something in your life or want to express something in your music? Or how is your musical process happening? I think it's um, it happens very different ways because sometimes I just want uh, to make some new tracks and I don't have special motivation or special ideas. I just sit down, uh, find samples, find loops, find reference, uh, maybe like take old uh, rap or hip hop song and make the same melody from it, but make it uh, myself. Uh, and of course, sometimes I have special ideas or usually I just find some some reference to remix or something like that. But usually it's almost uh, always I find melodies, loops, and I just uh, work with it because uh, it's very difficult uh, process of making melodies yourself and Uh, if uh, if you know the um, like hip hop trap market of music, they they divide it into loop makers and uh, drum drums makers. So if you want to make new track, you just search for loops and you choose a loop and put your own drums. So I became a little bit kind of that. Uh, style of beat making because I made so many tracks that it's super difficult to make uh, melodies every time from from the scratch like you make from zero to 100 it's very difficult so I uh, buy loops I find samples I find old old uh, records songs and so on so um, it's um, it's different from when uh, when I just need to make new beats and if I have some new ideas, usually it's it's combined. I just make a new track and I understand that okay, this track is like lyrical, so maybe I can find something for the intro because this intro will give you context will give you a storytelling for the for the track so i don't know how it looks from the side but i think bitmakers don't have so many crazy ideas that i need to do exactly this track it just happens very random so that's amazing And you also said that you started teaching now and that you, you know, help out new upcoming uh, DJs or producers to, to, to start. Like, how did you start doing this? Did it happen because it slowly happened, like one or two people ask you here and there, or did you decide uh, to just offer it now? Yeah, it happened uh, because somebody asked me if you can teach me DJing, for example, Uh, two weeks ago, I had my first DJing little workshop, but I was teaching somebody DJing, like the very first lesson. And the same with music. I remember a few lessons for my friends where I was showing like basics. Uh, and I didn't actually want to... Um, teach somebody I was just the only person they knew and they asked me to do it and uh, I started DJing actually because of it I mean crump DJing because I I knew all the tracks uh, I had all the tracks so who can DJ battles of course me so just people started asking me about it like if you can DJ And so on. And first, 
first few events in Ukraine and in Moscow too, I was DJing from my iPhone. Wow. I, I didn't even have uh, DJ equipment uh, because I didn't knew that I didn't know that it was my new hobby or profession yet. Uh, so I downloaded like DJ app and I was DJing from my iPhone 5 and it was like <laughs> this small iPhone and and I was DJing even parties and battles in Moscow. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I believe you're also going to have much more fun in the future because you're going to go more and more, I think, into it. That's what happens. Like when it comes to you dancing or like... Uh, going into like doing crump as well how do you feel like how is that emotion do you what do you feel or express when you actually start to crump what is that like for you um what is the emotions that i felt when i started crump or what yeah in general also when just when you when you crump like what is it exactly that you that you want to you know what is the feeling you have when you do that Like, do you even think when you do it or are you just thoughtless? Um, I don't know if I can call it thinking when I dance because, of course, I am present, like I am at the moment and I think a lot, but it's not, uh, it's not thoughts like when you, I don't know, if you just sit down on the sofa without headphones, without book, without your iPhone, without anything. You just sit down and you start to talking with yourself. So this like thoughts. But when I dance, I don't have a uh, voice in my head. I don't talk with myself. It's it's more like, forgot this English word. Okay, I will try explain another way. Uh, when I dance, it's... It's a habit already. I know that I, when I dance, I describe the music, first of all, because I think dance don't exist without music at all. Uh, then I use uh, my uh, crump basics because actually it's almost all I know in dancing. Plus I use some dancing skills like Uh, like popping, all this stuff. It's it's uh, skills that are perfect for any styles, I think. So um, I don't have I don't have voice in my head that tells me like what to do. I just do it because it's uh, one of the process where I don't have to really think. I just need to feel and express it. And um, one more thing that I have in mind is um, my my background, my my legacy, like what I did, what I'm doing, and what I will do next. So I try to use these like memories uh, for the fuel for my power. Because you, when you dance crump, you need some foil for your um, for your power for your pain for example uh, pain can be it's like it's a power too but more more dramatic power uh, or you just need power like any any other emotion like you're happy or I, I don't care what so I use these memories to give me energy for for power or for pain and you dance like x2 or x3 times better so that's that's what i have in my mind when i dance that's amazing did your parents also um do your parents understand crump to or do they like how is it with your parents and your in your crump path i actually i don't know if they understand it But uh, at the same time, actually, I don't care if they understand <laughs> it because it's my it's just my thing, and um, yeah, I think they they support it in uh, some kind of way. But uh, they, when I started dancing crumbs, they didn't 
didn't support me in a, in a way like, okay, you like this, let's go to the dancing school and so on. But uh, I couldn't go to the dancing school. I was learning by myself. And that's, that's because uh, I am who I am right now because um, actually I never learned dancing uh, music production and DJing from somebody else. Everything I know in dancing, beat making and DJing is just my experience. Of course, somebody gave me advices like in dance, uh, advice from my big homie, from my friends and so on. But I never learned, learned it like... Uh, dancing school, for example, or beatmaker school or DJing school. It's all all my experience only. Wow. And you have so many amazing interests um, and so many artistic ways. Uh, is there anything else despite your music and crump and, and DJing and producing that you actually love to do? What has nothing to do with these things that you love to do on a daily basis with friends? Um. Actually, uh, dancing, beat making, and DJing is it's not the only things I do because I um, I have few channels, new like Crump News channels laboratory in Telegram app, and uh, I <clears throat> I try to run it like. Um, like a place where you can find news, music, and so on. So it's more like organization um, work. Uh, plus, I uh, organize events for for Crump, of course. But uh, the last one was maybe two years ago because of the COVID. Uh, what I do else? There is already a lot. Yeah. Um, I have to make uh, graphics, videos, promotion, promotion things for my music releases, for projects, for events too. So I know how to make graphics. Uh, I do covers. Sometimes I do covers for myself. Um, The same with videos, uh, last few videos from Mantra 2, uh, for example, I was ordering them. I can't do stuff like that yet, maybe, but um, sometimes I make uh, like videos with music, like mood mood videos myself too. So it's it's lot of uh, lots lot of process. I organize beat making competitions too. They happen like once a year, maybe, but uh, it's it's enough too because other people start to make own beat making competitions now too. Do you think that you know becoming a teacher? Uh, did did the process of teaching other people start actually during the pandemic, during lockdown or uh, Corona? Uh, or did it start right afterwards? I don't know. How is it right now in your city? Um, are you guys allowed to go out and do things? Because Yeah, yeah. After this podcast, I will go to dancing school because we have lesson. Like we have lockdown, but it, it has like steps. And uh, the, the lockdown that we have right now, we have malls open cinema open like almost everything is opened um, there is it's not allowed uh, to make night parties uh, you need to wear mask everywhere but actually almost all is opened but we have we had during 2021 we already had two lockdowns yeah like full lockdown where the um, uh, city transport is not working yeah. and so on. So, 
How was that for you? Do you, I mean, did you do even more artwork and music in this time, or? Um, during these these two lockdowns, um, I don't know. Maybe I think nothing changed for me because uh, we already had um, the first lockdown like a year ago, where when everybody had it, and. Um, After that moment, I realized that my life almost looks the same during lockdown or without lockdown. So it was pretty usual for me. But on the first lockdown, I made a lot of, lot of music, like a year ago. I made a lot of uh, projects, albums, and so on. I think uh, it was very productive time for me. And at that moment, I was moving to this city right now because I am in Kyiv, it's the capital of Ukraine. And here I already make less music because I try to spend more time somewhere else. And right now I think I have not enough power and um, time to make music than I had like a year or a year and a half ago. But uh, I think these two lockdowns, nothing changed for me. That's pretty good. That's actually amazing <laughs> to, to realize that, you know, um, I'm good. I'm all right. <laughs> like, it doesn't really matter. I can, you know, do my own things. I... I don't am so dependent on whatever the government does. That's actually a good thing, I think. And like um, when it comes to your fiance, and congratulations again on Thank uh, you. you being it's, engaged. It's already three years that we can't make a wedding. <laughs> it's too expensive and lockdowns kill kills my weddings. <laughs> it's it's super uh, super. Um, crazy to try on for a wedding and we want and we want a wedding just to remember everything for memories of course did you guys know also what you want to do on your special day like do you have an idea or uh, i think we have like trips wish list so maybe like the wedding months after it maybe we will travel to those places like Greece, Amsterdam, something like that. It's all, it all depends on the money and of course. Uh, lockdowns, but I think just at least one place we could go. Mm -hmm. Cool. And uh, do you, is she also into the, 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 the music thing or the crump or uh, does she not really... She was dancing dance hall, uh, but uh, she, then she stopped dancing it because she started more working. She's uh, a nails master, and uh, it's like a big, big thing for her. It's not like she, it's hobby for her. She works in a good place, mm -hmm. and I think she is a very good master and like every friends girlfriends they come to her to make nails i will also come one day and and get my nails done <laughs> <laughs> i have very ugly nails just for the people who can't see it but yeah um yeah players fiance will fix this i will come and get the best nails yeah <laughs> actually um i could talk with you for the for the next five hours but i know you have things to do as well so what we're going to do now is something called the random four. The random four we always do at the end, towards the end of an episode, which are four completely random questions um, where we ask you just uh, questions and, you know, uh, I'm very excited to hear your answer because they are, like it, the name says, very, very random. So are you ready for that? Yes, let's go. <laughs> okay, so now the first question is, um, what is something that most people actually, uh, you know, 
what most people believe in the world and you think or you highly disagree with these people about that. Something most people would say is true, but you say, no, it's not true. I disagree. That's that's a very cool question. I think uh, I'm thinking about it almost every day <laughs> because, because I see it a lot in Instagram, for example, and I don't know why recommendations like Instagram algorithms put me all this stuff, but I completely don't, not like don't like, but I, uh, I think um, some young people uh, are lost with their feeling of what, what is cool, because what uh, they like in TikTok, for example, I think that, no, this is so like it's fake like the i i just hate i always hated fake emotions it may maybe that's why i'm not very emotional because i can't fake it uh, and then now i see all tiktok like dancing videos and some i don't know it's not even dancing it's just uh, faking the emotions videos and uh, I don't like it and I understand that these videos get millions of views, millions of followers and so on and I understand that uh, some young uh, people like it and uh, they think that it's cool, they do the same and in the end of the day these cool moments only exist in TikTok or Instagram. You can't you can't uh, use it in your real life. Like if you will dance uh, TikTok dances in uh, I don't know somewhere anywhere in the street, nobody will understand it or really enjoy it because it's so small dancing skills. Like come on. <laughs> so I I don't mean that I hate TikTok. I mean that I hate the part of TikTok that made all these modern mainstream types of videos. I don't know this dancing like <laughs> I just I just don't understand it. I understand it from the part that like uh, for example. A young girl likes these dances. She's uh, learning it. It's cool that she is learning it, but she's learning something not very useful in the end of the day. It's not dancing style. You like uh, if you go to the party, you can't use it just to dance because everybody will be like this, and you will be like, like this is very strange. <laughs> And you can't go to dance and competition because you will be like your <laughs> opponent will be like this, like ah, ah, ah. And, and you will be like <laughs> it's yeah, it's that's useless. so true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's so true. I agree. You you made a very nice demonstration the dance no but you're absolutely right it is a lot of fake out there and a lot of pretentiousness and the problem is i think the younger generation has so much pressure because of that and they don't ever gonna see their audience which are thousands of miles away on the other side of the world but that means everything to them you know mm -hmm. and yeah, that's yeah. really toxic i feel like yeah yeah that's uh, that's very toxic actually and uh, i think uh, the most big problem, like I don't want to look or sound like a very adult, uh, grown-up person, but I just think that it's it's not good when when you see like twelve years girl and she is dancing uh, this dancing routine with a WAP track, for example, and it says all all the bad words. And she understand it. If she didn't understand it, okay. But she hears all these pussy words and so on. She understand it, and absolutely, she make 
moves exactly for this words and it's it's strange that's true that actually is a very good transition into the second question which would be if you actually could influence the whole world to do one thing one practice one single thing every day the whole world like a law um what would you implement for us to do every day what practice or what what would you do if you could have the power once again it's a very cool question i have to think i think i think i will have two answers the funny one and more more real one i think the funny answer would be uh wash dishes just after you eat something because they will collect in a big <laughs> totally totally agreed it takes like a second to wash the plate that you just ate yeah yeah just one i feel plate. you i feel you yeah and uh, now i need to use my own advice too <laughs> but but i think it's impossible to do it <laughs> that's a good advice guys clean your house Yeah, and I think the same thing with a uh, bed, because uh, the last time I remember, I, I don't know how to translate it. Like Make the I bed. Prepare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last time it was in school. Maybe after it, I was like, yeah, no more making yeah, bed. Yeah, it was the same for me. And it's it's a bad habit. That's true. Uh, okay, the right, the right, like the more serious answer would be um i think i heard it somewhere it was another context but i really like the idea uh, like live your life imagining that uh your mother can see you all the time like you everything you do at uh, every moment in your life you imagine that your mother can see you from somewhere so you don't do some bullshit things and you try to like try to not be fake be yourself but just remember that uh, your mother can watch you and your life could be different i think for example if these uh, 12 years girls would think that their mothers look at them when they dance tiktok uh tiktok stuff with uh very adult songs i think they wouldn't do it you're so right because they would be shy and they would try to act more normal but at the same moment they won't make mistakes because it's uh, like the way the way of thinking the more you think that you are adult when you are 12 years old in uh, in 16 something bad can happen because you already think that you are big but you are not and i i noticed one thing that when you are young you think that you want to be adult when you are adult you think like no i want to be young absolutely my mom always told me that when i was younger she's like one day davy you will understand you will want to come back to this time in school as a teenager i'm like no i want to be an adult i want to be grown up mm -hmm. and now i'm adult and i'm like yeah you were right mom i want to go yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it's very difficult to explain it and to show any examples how to feel it uh I don't know when I will have my own child. I think I will try my best to explain it. I think the best way to explain it is to really show how cool is your life when you are young. Like have fun with a child, like really um, some, I don't know, some very shit it's very difficult to explain i think uh, it would be good to show child some days when uh, your child feels really child like you go and have fun somewhere you can do 
um, whatever you whatever you want, and then another day you just do all the basic adult stuff, and you get tired after four hours of work, but you see like mm -hmm, okay, ten more hours. <laughs> Yeah, ten more hours. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, wow, this is so. It's such a really, really nice thing, really. Um. Also, like that actually could spontaneously now bring us to the third question, because I think, like you said, ge the generation now really changed, especially because we have social media so present and it's very fake and it's very toxic in many ways. It's also amazing and brilliant on the other hand, but like it is also very difficult to you know, balance it. So if you could go back, that's the third question. If you could go back in time to your younger self when you were young, at that time when you were young, going to a hard phase, maybe because you had something happening in your family or with your friends or you had a heartbreak or, you know, something bad happened. If you could go back in time and give yourself at that age any advice, what advice would you give yourself? I think uh, actually nothing would change because uh, I'm sure my parents gave me advices uh, and seems like they didn't work at that moment because I just realized it like this couple years. And I don't know, I'm not sure that it would help something. I could try. But uh, I think I was um, the very difficult child for my parents. And uh, I don't know what could influence on me. And I don't know what, what made me to be that child. Um, maybe like... No, not even maybe, of course, it's a part of my parents' education on me. Uh, maybe Sotsum, like friends, everything. And everything made me like that. But I was, I wasn't, I think I wasn't um, myself at that moment. I was um, like, the, the thing that I was thinking last few days that uh, when you educate your um, child parents are not the only one who educated uh, people think that like if if you have a kid with bad habits oh it's a parent's fault but parents uh, are not present all all the time with the kid and all the environment, school, I don't know, social media, TV, music, everything. And something is not uh, so bad as people think, like uh, video games. Uh, but uh, anyway, I think everything influence on uh, kids. And uh, answering again to your question, I think... I mm -hmm. I could say a lot of lot of stuff, but uh, I'm not sure that it it would work. But anyway, it's good that you, I know the result. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. But it's actually a proven thing that parents have actually, to be honest, or like even like after studies that I was reading almost the lessest influence on their children in a certain age. Uh, the most influence actually have their friends and their surroundings and school and their habits, you know. Um, your parents cannot influence you so much if you're in the wrong circles when you're a teenager or a young adult. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. You have to... Like, I know that also because, I mean, I was also a very rebellious person, always been, but... Your parents can just try to give you the best advice they can and hope that you're going to grow into that woman or man, you know? That's why there is a problem with this fake stuff uh, on TikTok mm -hmm. because it influences on kids super bad. 
I think. There is a lot of very cool stuff in it, very funny stuff, but uh, the main thing is that uh, it, uh, like, some parts of TikTok creates um, comp competition that don't actually exist. Like, they care about views, likes, followers, cool things, cool videos, and so on. But it's, uh, like, nobody cares about it. If you just turn off your iPhone, put it on a table, and so this competition won't exist. Absolutely. I completely agree. It's it's crazy, yeah. And like that comes actually also to the the, the fourth question, which is uh, very very funny. It's a reverse question actually. So, not the best, but what is the worst advice that you got from somebody in your life? <laughs> I don't remember anything like that actually. <laughs> the worst maybe 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 um, like it's not advice but maybe it influenced on me like advice like the the moment when i uh, the, the very first moment when i tried my first cigarette maybe it was that moment and after it i was smoking uh, a lot of years I didn't have um, how to say it like I didn't really want to smoke but I but I did it because my friends did it my environment and I thought that it's cool the same happened with my first piercing I had piercing in my tongue and it happened because my friends had it and I thought that it's cool. And that's exactly what we were talking about. Peer pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You just see something like monkey see, monkey do. You think that it's cool, you repeat it. But then years pass and you think like, it wasn't that cool. <laughs> yeah. And in these moments, you can make faults, like something that will be not so easy to... Um, to fix like first tattoos like that you can you can um, uh, delete them with a laser but come on laser on yeah. your skin mm -hmm. and it's not cheap at all I'm sure and it's it, like you will feel pain but no regrets from your tattoos right because I don't regret my tattoos I love them yeah, I I look at it uh, like a part of my life, like it it has some memories inside these tattoos, and they are not uh, so stupid as they could be, but uh, they still have memories. But it's cool if you have uh, something to say with it at least, because if you will make your first ugly cheap tattoo with no meaning for example maybe you will feel bad in a lot of years that you did it because if i didn't have meaning with it maybe i would mm -hmm. feel regret yeah i think that's a tricky thing right like to come to this point to say i don't regret anything because it all turned out to be good myself or my tattoos or whatever it is mm -hmm. And like this actually um, is something I wanted to ask you, if you could give advice to, you know, younger people, the younger generation, which also maybe come from similar backgrounds like you, what would you advise them, you know, to do to, to you know, not get too much into trouble or do something just because other people do it or it's cool? Like, what would you tell to the younger generation to, you know, be better? I think it's a difficult question because, uh, as I remember too, when you are young, you just don't know what you like or what you want to do or something like that. You just take notes from what is happening near your life. Partly question for the parents because 
as a parent, it seems like you need to show different sides of life to let uh, the child find something. It would be good if you would do things that you really like as a child, but it's difficult to understand what is really yours when you uh, when you see examples like social media and you think that this is cool, this is cool, I want to be this and this. And uh, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to explain that what you see is uh, part of somebody else's life and you don't have to copy like you need to make your own life and live your own life. But once again, it's very difficult to explain it to children, for example. Yeah, but I'm sure that whoever's listening right now <laughs> is willing to, you know, at least at least explore the possibility to, to try. Because I think many people, even though you don't know it, are actually looking up to you, you know? And... Um, I, I really hope that they will listen and also implement what you said because you said a lot of valuable things, actually. And you're such an interesting person. And I'm so happy that you're actually willing to do this. I hope that this is not the last time I hope that we speak. Yeah, it was very cool. My favorite part of it was for random questions. <laughs> the random four? Mm. Yeah, it's uh, the best the best part of the show. Then you know, uh, then I because you liked it so much, I will ask you one more. We're gonna make a special extra from the random four just for you, player, Alex. <laughs> all right. So um, yeah, so we've been to a pandemic and everything. We all learned the new normal and stuff like that. So in the next coming year, uh, let's say twelve months from now, what is something? during the pandemic that you really realize about yourself that you want to really do more or say more or practice more or be more in the upcoming year of your life, in the next one year? I would say maybe make more music because, as I said, I make less music than, for example, a year ago or two years ago. And that's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. Um, and actually, right now I am in the process of making everything that that I want. And maybe I just need to keep doing all this stuff. And uh, a year later, maybe it would be already done, some parts of it. Um, I don't know. It's it's nothing super special. I think, yeah, I think the most uh, important thing right now is to pay all my all my and my girlfriend's uh, debts uh, to give give out all the money that we uh, how to how to say it. Like we need that we, we borrowed. Need, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's it's not like uh, borrowing money from somebody because I gave all these debts. Uh, oh, you mean loan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cards, banks, and uh, we have a plan to close all these questions mm-hmm. until New Year, and after it, we can do everything. We can collect money for wedding finally. <laughs> <laughs> because it would be like it's already in July. It will be three years, I guess. Yeah, that's okay. You waited so long. I I don't think uh, anything will happen now. It's just like you know. I saw one show once on on the TV, and they had the same issue. They wanted to get married. The lockdown happened, and then this person said, "You know." Actually, you always get married first and then you actually have that time that you feel like, okay, we have to live together. We have to have a real marriage. Now you're going to do it reverse. You first have the marriage. <laughs> we live together all, all these years and like we already live this life. The wedding will be just a very cool moment to gather all the friends 
and so on, ju just for the memories, because we already live this life and we are completely okay with it, with all these years. And I think you're going to make a great couple and a great father also and parent. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and also if it's a girl child, she will have the best nails. So we set, you know what I mean? We have good nails and we have great a great musician in the family. So I... It's like if, if we will have a boy, he will have nails too, because it's very cool on TikTok for boys. To have nails. Yeah, for sure. Why not? I'm up for everything equal, equality. We have to practice equality, guys. Stereotypes of women and men are dying out, I feel. Everybody can do what they want to do, you know? Like, just be yourself. Your extraordinary self. Just like Alex. Alex, we are already talking since almost an hour and a half. But thank you, Alex, so much for taking the time, talking. And I'm pretty sure everybody who listens and watches is going to be inspired and we love your music. I love your music. Thank you. And, and thank you so much for being with us. 